This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you. Now, before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents here on the WVSA Digital Network. With us today is Jace Riley, coach and mentor, owner of 6AM Practice. Jace, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you very much. I, uh, I really appreciate you inviting me on. Well, we're happy to have you. Now, normally with our podcast, uh, you know, we talk about various subjects. If we're talking about nutrition, we usually bring in a registered dietitian. If we talk about mental health, we bring in a psychotherapist. If we talk about injury prevention, we bring in an athletic trainer or physical therapist or certified strength and conditioning coach. Today's show is going to be just a little bit different. Um, Jace does not have certification or license, but Jace brings to the table something extremely valuable, and that is experience and knowledge. Like we said, he's a uh, longtime coach, mentor, out there helping athletes as much as he can, and that's going to be kind of the subject that we're going to be talking about today here on the podcast. We're going to be giving our youth athletes um, some five small changes that they can make, maybe some tips for them that can improve themselves both on and off the field. So before we dive into that subject, Jace, why don't you go ahead and just tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm the father of three boys. My youngest just started college at GCU this year. Um, The other two are up and out of the house and they've got families going on, which is a a real pleasure as as a dad to see your to see your kids growing up and and doing well during the years when they were growing up, they played soccer, football, wrestling, basketball. I coached a couple of soccer teams when they were younger. Um, I was the assistant coach for my son's basketball team when he was in junior high. And that's when I really started to, to see the, the development of athletes as they were younger because before that it was I only watched professional sports so when I started getting involved with the junior high and the high school level I discovered that that's really where talents develop it doesn't necessarily happen in the pros by then or college they're pretty much set in their their habits and their daily routine but as they're younger and they're growing up that's where they really establish a baseline of who they're going to be as far as an athlete, and if they have good habits, they're probably going to have a good outcome. If they have bad habits, they're just going to have their average outcome. And so I really, I really started focusing on how do you make them better, right? And even more, how do they make themselves better? Because there's this message out there right now that's just, you got to grind 24-7, no days off, outwork everybody, you know. But they're never really told what to do or how to do it. And when they're watching professionals on TV and on social media, all you ever see is, is the results, right? The, the money, the jewelry, the cars, the houses, but nobody ever really tells them like how to get there. And so I made that my main focus on, you know, how do you take an athlete from where he is to where he wants to be? And so through 
self-education on YouTube and books and podcasts over the last decade, I really learned a lot. And I've just started applying that to youth sports and how do they become a better athlete and achieve the goals that they want to achieve. You are so correct on that in regards to our society sometimes is an outcome driven. Uh, that's what we see all the time. We don't see the process, but we see the outcome. And I think the process is so important to our athletes because that's where they spend the most time is in the process. They don't spend a great amount of time on the income or the outcome. You see, you know, they win a match and it's like, okay, now it's back to the process or they lose a match. Now it's back to the process. So I, you are um, very wise in, in bringing that to light for athletes uh, across the country. Now we're going to talk about five tips today, you know, changes, you know, small changes that these athletes can make to improve themselves, just not only on the field, but also off the field. So why don't you go ahead and give us your first tip? So my first tip is it's a, it's a combo tip and it's one that is really ignored basically in the youth in the youth athletic field. And that is the type of foods you eat and how much sleep you get. And it's really, you know, like I said, watching youth sports and, and my sons in high school, I saw so many athletes going to the concession stand before games, getting soda, getting candy, saying, well, that's going to be my sugar high. That's how I'm going to make it to the game. You know, they would go to practices, and then after practice, you know, coach might take them to McDonald's. It, they're just really ignoring the basic fundamentals of food, number one, and then the importance of sleep. And I'm not a licensed nutritionist, but I've worked with a few and I've discovered that there's so much more to it than just eating healthy, right? And it's actually, they call it performance nutrition. And based on what type of sport you play, you can get different outcomes based on the specific type of meal that you eat, when you eat it, you know, before a game, after a game, pre-workout, post-workout. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You look at the market nowadays and there's supplements and there's this and there's that and there's this diet and that diet and another diet and 10 more diets in the next year. But it really comes to basic knowledge of one, how does your food work, right? Two, when do you need to eat certain foods? And then three, how do you make adjustments when, and this is the biggest complaint I hear, it's not really a complaint, but kids say, well, my parents buy the food. How am I supposed to tell them what I need to eat? You know, because they're in charge of the grocery list and they buy everything. And what I told them was, was that you just can't go to your parents and say, hey, this week, dad, you need to buy me, you know, 10 bags of chicken and this and that. And, you know, because it, it can get a little spendy if you start buying into the marketing and the, you know, if you go down and you look at, you know, well, this is licensed or this is sold as, you know, uh, you know, for example, muscle milk or, or this supplement or that supplement. And it's really just about talking to your parents and saying, you know, mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, these are my goals. This is where I am today. And this is where I want to be tomorrow in six months and a year and five years. And to do that, I really feel I need to make these changes in my life. 
And then you, you lay out a plan for them and you show them that you, one, you're genuinely interested in making real changes. You know, two, you're letting them know what you're going to need to do. You're not telling mom and dad what they need to do. You're saying, listen, I need to do this, but I need your help a little bit. And as a parent, if my son came to me and laid out a plan like that, number one, I'd be very impressed. And number two, I would do anything in my power and my resources to help them achieve that goal. Because it's not, it's not just your typical, like you said earlier, it's outcome driven. You know, it's a microwave society. They want their, they want their answers instantly right now. But by showing a level of one, planning, two, commitment, three, appreciation for what your parents are going to do to you, parents are more than likely to, to want to help you out. And again, it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Chicken breast, rice, basic fundamental foods that you can eat. Now, the key is, is as I found, is working with a sports nutritionist because they can lay out what you need to eat, when you need to eat it. Do you have a tournament? Maybe you have three games in a row that day, so your fueling is going to be a little different than if you just had one game that day. And working with licensed nutritionists who specialize in youth athletes, you can really take your game to a next level with minimal effort on your part as far as time in the gym, time spent on drills, you know, the, the physical aspect of practice, you don't need to increase that. You just change the fuel that goes into your body, right? And then the second part was sleep. And these are a combo because sleep and food are really what drives your gains that you're going to make during practice and training. Because if you don't get enough sleep, your body doesn't have enough time to repair itself. That's when it releases growth hormone. There's all kinds of physical aspects that your body goes through every night. It's just not when you sleep. It's just not a time to sleep and dream and wake up in the morning. But your body goes through a lot of physical processes. You know, your brain kind of goes through a reset mode. Your body's fixing itself and healing itself. Um, you're preparing yourself for the next day. There's a sleep cycle that you go through. I know a lot of athletes and probably you yourself and, and me as well. There's times in the morning where you wake up and you're totally refreshed. Like you just, your eyes pop open and you're like, man, I can, I can get up. And there's other times where you wake up and you're just super, super groggy. And that's because of the sleep cycle that your body goes through. And if you wake up at the end of a sleep cycle, your body's ready to go. That's when it naturally wants to wake itself up. But if you wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle, you know, your brain's releasing different waves and, and your body's just physically not ready to wake up. And that's why you're groggy. So if athletes can figure out what their sleep cycle is, is it 90 minutes? Is it, is it 120 minutes? And then backtrack, you know, if, if you know your sleep cycle is an hour and a half and you need to get up at six, well, just backtrack an hour and a half blocks until you get to a time where you need, you know you need to go to bed. So when you wake up, you're at the end of your sleep cycle. If athletes would pay attention to the food they eat and the amount of sleep that they get and dial that in as an athlete should, you will have such an advantage over those who might work harder in the gym or might be bigger and faster than you 
because you're doing more for your body to repair itself and to be in a mental state and to be properly fueled and everything like that. And in my opinion, those two aspects are just, they're just almost non-existent in youth sports today. I think that's two important areas that go unnoticed by our youth athletes in nutrition and sleep. Good stuff there. All right. Why don't you go ahead on to tip number two? So tip number two is setting yourself a daily schedule. Now in the busy, busy world that everybody lives in, you got school, you got homework, you got friends, you got social media, you got sports, you got extracurricular activities outside of that. It's very easy to just let the day get ahead of you. Right. And you wake up and you just say, okay, I'm going to go through my day. And normally what happens is you have the best intentions in the morning, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do that. But at the end of the day, you get there and you realize you haven't really done anything. You've just kind of gone throughout the day. And as things came up, you took care of them, which is how the majority of society works. And for an athlete, for a student athlete especially, you have all of these these factors weighing on you. You have school. You have the expectation of your parents. You have the expectation of your coaches. You have the expectation from your teammates, right? You have all this pressure built in, and it's just it's weighing on you. And as you go through the day, you feel guilty because you didn't get this done. You didn't get that done. You know you didn't study enough, and you're probably going to fail the test tomorrow. And so now you're thinking about that. And you're not focusing on the game that's coming up this weekend, but you don't even know if you're going to play because you didn't make grade checks. And so the life of a student athlete is tremendously stressful, tremendously stressful. And so what you can do is, is to take control of that is you can set yourself a daily schedule. And when I say daily schedule, most people instantly, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do the things I want. Right. And it's so strict. You know, I don't live my life like that. And even if they do try to make a schedule, they'll say, okay, I'm going to get up at 6. At 6.15, I'm going to eat breakfast. At 6.35, I'm going to take a shower. At 6.45, I'm going to leave for the gym. And it's very uh, structured. And a lot of times what happens is is you get off on one, right? So you're, you're on target, you're on target, and now you, you miss a time. Something else came up. Um, you had to help your, your brothers and sisters get ready for school. So now you miss this, you miss this time slot on your schedule. And basically human mind just says, all right, well, I've already messed it up. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wing it for the rest of the day. And then you just toss the rest of the schedule out because you're off kilter and you really don't know what to do. I've discovered a way where athletes can, can do more like a block of time. So for example, you have your morning block. And so let's say that's from, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And instead of assigning times for very specific activities, you know, shower at 6.30, what you do is you write down the five or six things you need to get get done that morning. What do you need to accomplish between 6 and 8 a.m.? And that allows for some flexibility because maybe you want to take a shower before you eat one morning or vice versa. And so if you know that between six and eight, I need to accomplish these five things. As you accomplish them in whatever time frame you deem necessary for that day, you cross them off the list. So essentially, you're still getting done what needs to be done during that time period, but 
you have some flexibility to be able to do it, and that means you're more likely to stick to the schedule. Now, the other thing most people don't do is they don't schedule in time to do the things they know they're going to do. So as a student athlete, if you tell them you can't check your iPhone, like that's just not going to happen. They're going to get on social media. They're going to talk to their friends. I mean, that is such an integral part of their life that they can't imagine not doing that. So what you do is, is you schedule some time in to do that, right? If you know you're going to play video games, schedule some time in to, into your schedule to do that. So that way you still got the studying done. You still got, you know, your training done for the day. You still got your morning routine. You know, maybe you do some extra training in the morning. You still did the things that you know you need to do. And now you can allow yourself the things that you want to do, because that's really the difference between success and being average. Average people just do what they want to do. You get up, you do this. Oh, my friends called me. They want to go out. They want me to, to jump on the Xbox and play Call of Duty with them. That's what they want to do. And that's what the average human does, especially in, in American society. The successful people still do what they want to do but they do what they have to do first. I have to get my training in. I have to get my food in. I have to make sure I get enough sleep so I'm not going to stay up all night, you know, playing Fortnite. I'm going to do the things that I have to do. And when you can build that into your schedule and you get into a routine, it almost becomes automatic. And when you miss doing those things because it's now a habit, one, you're less likely to miss them because you, you know you need to do them. And two, you know you have all this training equity built up going towards your goals. And if you take a day off, you know, if, if I don't practice or if I don't study for a test, you know, I might get a C instead of an A. Well, that's not really a big deal. Well, it is a big deal because maybe next week or on another test, you got a, a you know, maybe you got a, a lower C. And so now your grade point average has dropped from a, from an 80.1 to a 79.9. So you now have a C on your transcript instead of a B. So allowing yourself to create a daily schedule, number one, that is flexible. Number two, that provides time to do the things that you want to do, right? Video games, checking your phone. That allows you to really do the things that you know to do and to achieve the goals that you're ultimately setting out to get to as a student athlete. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I love it. Let's go ahead and move on to tip number three. Okay. So tip number three is you have to self-educate yourself. Now, what I mean is, is a lot of athletes, they only do what coach tells them to do, right? I'm here. I'm an athlete. This is coach. He's going to tell me what to do and I'm just going to do it because that's his job. Okay. That's fine. But what happens when your coach doesn't know everything? What happens when your coach doesn't know about performance nutrition and fueling as an athlete? So are you telling me if he doesn't know it, you're just going to ignore it and not learn it because coach didn't tell you? Well, that puts you, that puts you at a disadvantage to those other athletes who have coaches who are knowledgeable in those areas, right? Some coaches are good on the X's and O's, but they're horrible on the mental aspect of sports and how you deal with a loss. Some sports or some coaches are 
really great at drills and running a good practice, but they don't know anything about post-practice nutrition, right? So if you rely on your only source of information and how you're going to become an athlete and how you're going to reach your goals is coming from other people, then you have set yourself up for a ceiling of success because you're only going to learn what they know. Now, when I was growing up, if your dad didn't know it, you didn't learn it, right, from a, a sports aspect. So there were a lot of dad coaches. And there wasn't a lot of avenues for me to go to. I couldn't go to a sports nutritionist without paying a couple hundred dollars an hour, right? Nowadays, with YouTube and Instagram and the Internet, you can learn anything that you want to learn. Taught in any manner, you need to learn it, right? If you're a visual guy, if you're an audio guy, if you want to read and take notes, the material is out there for you. So you have to take responsibility for your own progress, your own education, your own willingness to learn, and then being willing to put in that time to go do it. So if you're, you know, like most people, you get on YouTube and you get sucked into this rabbit hole and you're, you know, in 30 minutes, you're watching stuff that, you know, really is entertaining. Yes, but it's not helping you reach your goals. So what you do is, is as I mentioned in the schedule, you just block that off. So I'm going to watch YouTube today for an hour, but 30 minutes of that is going to be self-education and the other 30 minutes is going to be entertainment. And I find that as you start learning through different sources, if you find somebody who speaks to you, you're more eager and you're more willing to learn that stuff. For example, when you're, in, when you're in school, you can have a great teacher and you can have a horrible teacher. Great teachers are just usually good storytellers. Whatever subject they're teaching, they're telling a good story. They're talking right to you. You're getting into it. You enjoy it. The next year, you have the same subject, but you have a different teacher and you hate it because that guy's not a good storyteller or at least not to you, right? So by going on YouTube and looking these things up, you know, um, different training videos, nutrition, sleep habits, all kinds of all kinds of information out there. If you do enough research, you'll find somebody who speaks directly to you. And when you find that guy who speaks directly to you, the thirst that you're going to have for the information that they can give you is immense. And you're basically just going to learn as much as you can. And as you learn about that subject, one, you can help your other teammates. Right. If you know they're not eating properly, you can give them some facts. You can let them know. Um, and you just become that much better. And now you are in charge of your destiny. and You are in charge of the level of your knowledge and not coach. Because, again, if you leave it up to other people to tell you what to do, you're only going to get told what they know. And if they don't know it, you don't learn it. And not everybody knows everything. I don't care how good of a coach you are. There's always going to be aspects that they're weaker in that you can shore that knowledge base up for yourself. So you have to be willing to put in the time a little bit every day, whether it's a podcast, you know, while you're running, whether it's reading a book or whether it's watching some YouTube, find that source of information for you to help you reach your goals as a student athlete and just dive in. We're talking with Jace Riley, longtime coach and mentor to athletes, owner of 6AM Practice here on the WVSA Beyond the Pitch podcast. Let's go ahead and move on to your fourth tip for our youth soccer players. Okay, so 
tip number four is, is you have to be coachable. And this kind of factors into, you know, well, I just told you, well, wait a minute, you need to learn more than what coach knows. Yes, but what I'm talking about in being coachable means you have to be able to take criticism, okay? You have to be able to have somebody tell you, look, you're doing it wrong. A lot of athletes nowadays, they focus on me, 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 me. I know, I know what I'm doing. You don't know anything, right? You know, maybe they didn't get enough playing time, so their parents changed teams, right? There's this all this big, you know, level of, I want to say, self-accountability, right? So when I say you want to be coachable, that means when coach tells you that you need to do something, you really need to listen to what they're telling you. And if you and if you think, man, you don't know what you're talking about, ask them why do you need to do it? And not in a snarky way. Don't be like, well, why do I need to do that, coach? Ask them, say, coach, I really I really want to understand what are the benefits that I'm gonna get out of this drill. Right? And if 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 they feel that you're, you know, again, you're not being, you know, you're not being snarky, um, and that they can tell that you really want to learn, a coach will tell you exactly why you know there's good coaches tell you what to do great coaches tell you why you do it because if you know why you're doing something if you know why you need to get enough sleep every day and you know what's going to happen to your body if you don't get enough sleep every day then you're more likely to get sleep instead of somebody just telling you make sure you get eight hours of sleep every day so you always want to make sure when coach is giving advice when they're telling you what to do, even if you don't want to hear it, even if you think they don't know anything, look the coach in the eye, make sure, you know, you're not, you're, you're not rolling your eyeballs and, you know, huffing and puffing and stuff like that. You want to make sure that coach knows that you're listening to him and that you're going to take that information and process it. Because now the coach knows if he has two players, I tell player one to do stuff and what they need to do, you know, and they never do it, I'm going to tell them very minimal information, just my basic coaching. I'm not going to work with them one-on-one. I'll talk to them as a team, right? But if I know player number two, if I tell him he needs to adjust his food and stop drinking soda, and I see him stop drinking soda, right? He's not bringing him to practice anymore. I see him drinking water. But if I know he's doing what I'm telling him to do, I'm willing to invest more of my time into that athlete because I know they're going to get the results because they're, they're putting the work in. And another aspect that, that players need to recognize is that a lot of coaches don't make a lot of money, right? They're not, they're not getting paid tons of money. They almost always have a second job, maybe even a third job, or they're doing it for free, right? They're a, they're a dad coach. And when I give you, as a coach, when I come to practice for two hours a day, I'm giving up that time in my life. And as you get older, younger kids don't really understand this yet, but as you get older, you realize time is your most valuable asset. And so if somebody's willing to give you a part of their life that they can never get back, you can never get more time. You can always make more money, but you can never get more time. There's a finite amount for each person. So when somebody's willing to make that sacrifice for you, and they're investing in your goal, not in their goal. They're not going to go D1. They're not going to go pro, right? 
that's what you want to do. So they're helping you reach your goals for minimal cost to you, except for paying attention to what they're telling you. They're going to focus more on you. They're going to give you better feedback. They're going to try to work you into their plan because they know that you're changing yourself as an athlete to follow the advice that they're giving you. And when you do that, you're truly a coachable player. And that transcends from every level you go to because whoever is your coach today isn't going to be your coach forever. Even if they've been at your high school for 30 years, they could move next month. They could win the lottery and quit, right? So you always want to make sure you have that same aspect and respect to every coach that is in your life because they're doing you a great service and they're usually trying to be the coach that they wish they would have had when they were playing sports growing up. Great stuff. Love it. Be coachable. Wonderful. All right. As we kind of wrap things up here on the podcast today, let's go ahead and get in that fifth tip that you have for our athletes. All right. So my fifth tip is the easiest one, but it's not, it's not a lot of things that people do. And that's just be grateful. Be grateful for the people in your life who are trying to help you reach your goals, whether it's your parents, whether it's your teammates, you know, your aunts and uncles, um, coaches, teachers, uh, spiritual leaders. Those people are investing time into your life. And when you show gratitude, which is, which is one level above being coachable, when you show gratitude to your parents and to your teammates and your coaches, they're going to feel that respect that you're giving them and they're going to want to do more to help you or they're going to find ways to, to, to make sure you get what you need. For example, as a parent, if my son comes to me and says, hey, I want to go to this basketball camp, <clears throat> but I sent him to a last basketball camp and all he did was complain about it and he said it wasn't very good and I should have picked a better one, right? I'm less likely to send him to another one. Or I'm going to try to find the best one and, and, you know, and usually I'm doing the best that I can as a parent, but as a, as a, as a, a son or a student or an athlete, when you show that level of gratitude to everybody around you, things just change. It's very, it's, it's very strange dynamic. Relationships change, conversations change, attitudes change when, when you're grateful to people. You know I mean? If, if, if you've never done this before, and when you're in a store, just thank one of the workers. Just say, hey, man, I appreciate you for keeping food on my table. Because without them in the supply chain, everything kind of falls apart. And we, we kind of discovered that during the last, you know, couple of years with the pandemic was where, you know, frontline workers are very essential and stuff like that. But how often do you take the time to truly be appreciative of what all of these people do who are helping you in your life? And I truly feel that if you, if you go throughout your day and you're looking for things to be grateful for instead of things to complain about, like, oh, I have to get up. No, you get to get up. There was probably people that didn't get up this morning that thought they would. You know, oh, I have to go to practice. No, you get to go to practice. There are millions of children who are ill who would trade places with you in a heartbeat, right? You know, oh, I have to, you know, I have to go to school. No, you get to go to school, right? Flip that switch in your mind. Look for 
everything you can to be grateful for, right? Running water in your house, hot water on demand. When's the last time you were thankful for hot water on demand? Well, probably the last time, if you've ever gone without it, was the only time you appreciated it. So don't wait for things to leave your life before you show appreciation for them and gratitude towards them. And if you do that, you'll ultimately, in my opinion, just have a better life. You'll just be happier. And when you're happier, it's life is cake, man. It's cake. And yes, you're going to have trials and you're going to have struggles, but always be looking for that because it's a mindset. It's a habit. You get into being negative, you're just going to be negative. You get into being positive, you're going to be positive. It works both ways. The brain and the neurons and how how everything just works, it's the same whether you're being negative or positive. You're just going to choose how do you influence yourself and how do you view the world. So if I could tell the athletes, if you get anything out of this podcast today, is just be grateful to those around you who are helping you out and be grateful for the ones who are never seen, who you'll never meet. The guy who, you know, cut that meat so you're eating your protein today, right? You don't know that guy, but you're grateful for him. He did his job and he's helping you get where you need to go. So just always look for, you know, the gratitude in life and you'll just be much happier. That's something we talk about a lot um, here within the association is being grateful. And because honestly, like you said, it's one of the easiest things to do is to be grateful. Uh, and it's easy to find them too. You know, like you said, I'm I'm, I'm I'm grateful to wake up this morning. I'm grateful that I'm able to go to the store today in, in a car that works. And I just, I mean, there's so many, so many things that you can do, but that's great stuff. Now, obviously, if you follow Jace online, um, you can hear a lot more about this stuff. And these are, you know, the fundamentals that 6 a.m. practice talks about. Uh, uh, Jace, tell everybody where they can find you online from your website to social media, because you have some tools, too, that people can go and get, like, the scheduling thing. Um, talk to us about that. Yeah, so I'm mainly, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm mainly on Instagram. That's the one social platform I did get into about four or five years ago. And it's just uh, 6 a.m. underscore practice. I think if you just search for a 6 a.m. practice, I should pop up. I offer all kinds of resources to athletes. Um, you know, I have, a, I have an ebook. Uh, it's called Champions Checklist. It's free. I've, I've given it away. Um, I have metrics you can measure at home to make sure your progress is going. I've got how to set up a daily schedule. Um, I've got the 11 tips that student-athletes you know, the, the biggest mistake student athletes make, um, you know, I'm always just trying to, to, again, I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to be the guy that I wish I would have known, or I, the, the, I mean, Instagram didn't exist when I was a kid, but this would have been the resource that I would have wanted to have. And so if you just search me out on Instagram, um, right now in the, in the bio, if you sign up, I'm sending you a video and a, and a pre-made flexible schedule so you can get your day started and get started right away. I offer all my, my freebies through there. Um, yeah, just, just give me a follow. And as time goes along, if I become inspired by something and I get out the computer and, and create a PDF for it, I'll put it up online and offer it out for free. And you know, I'm, just, I'm just trying to help you guys achieve your goals. That's all I'm trying to do is, is to make sure that as you're going through this journey in your life, that you have the mental fortitude to be able to do what needs to get done, accept criticism, make adjustments in your life, 
and ultimately become the person who you who you've always wanted to be. Awesome. Jace Riley, longtime coach, athlete mentor, owner of 6AM Practice. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it and appreciate all the uh, all the fire you brought today. Hey, absolutely. It's my pleasure. If you ever want me back, just let me know. I'm more than happy to, to talk to you and talk to the athletes. And it's, um, you know, I'm just grateful for what you do. I mean, you, you provide knowledge. You know, the, the, the nutritionist uh, that you mentioned earlier, I work with her. I heard the episode on sleep, right? Some of those great tips, binder clips for the curtains. I mean, those are such little things that will make such a great impact. You're doing a huge service to the athletes out there who listen to this podcast, and I just want to thank you for it. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate uh, appreciate your kind words on that. And we certainly want to uh, thank everybody for listening to the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program right here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media platforms at WV Soccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.